0: Magic is power. Hello, everyone, welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie with me this week. As always, is Mr. Jerry Me. What is up, Jerry?
1: Oh, not much, Pat. Had an exhausting week, but I'm back. I'm ready (laughs) to go. Started a new job. You know, everything's turning up daisies. (laughs) Back from the West Coast. Back from the West Coast, man. God, I I, I just I I found myself, man. I I found myself in the the (laughs) Pacific Northwest. I'm
0: you had a cathartic experience. I'm a whole new person. Yeah, be, uh, being in convention centers for hours.
1: <laughs> it's pretty true. We were all saying that, so it rained pretty much every day that we were there, except... It's
0: Se- Seattle in the spring. Yeah,
1: except for the that Saturday, which was absolutely gorgeous. and it Or no, that Friday, which was absolutely gorgeous, and it was the one day we were stuck in the convention hall all day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Well, we didn't have an episode last week, obviously. You were busy. Uh, getting ready for Seattle and I was busy just uh, well actually I wasn't busy we didn't have a guest lined up so we, <laughs> it was just easier for us to uh, post an episode of the the other podcast you and I are working on currently which we're not going to get into today but I hope uh, everyone got a chance to listen to it and in, those who were into that kind of thing enjoyed it and those who aren't uh, were able to find other content elsewhere there's there's lots of it around so um, if you guys had any questions about that or comments you can f- feel free to direct all the hate to Jerry, all the love <laughs> to me, as always. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, we want to thank HipstersOfTheCoast.com for bringing you guys a Leaving Legacy every week. Uh, you can find us on Hipsters every Friday. Uh, there's also lots of great content over there. Just They have awesome writers. Uh, I think they even had a preview card this this uh, week for Dominaria. So, or last week, rather, which is pretty awesome. So definitely check them out. You can also find us on the Topped at Decked app as well. And also, if you want to support the show directly... You can visit patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. You can support the show for as little as a dollar an episode. We have awesome rewards, stickers, shout outs, play mats and more. So check it out. The link is in the show notes. Uh, so, Jerry, would you like to introduce our esteemed guests this, this evening? Uh, I
1: would, Pat. I would. I I made a friend this weekend or this past uh, week <laughs> entirely, actually. Cute. Cue the Randy Newman tune. Yep. <laughs> All right, now we're just gonna listen to it for a while. But <laughs> uh, My kindred spirit from across the country, welcome aboard, Jordan. What is up, man?
2: How's it going, Jerry? How's it going, Patrick? It's great to be, be on, on the on. show.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, you know how they might know you from the community, and uh, just give us give us the deets.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I'm a legacy player from the Northwest, Pacific Northwest specifically, and uh, I play primarily at Card Kingdom and Mox Sporting House Bellevue. I do a little bit of commentary as well for those two locations at uh, their weekly events and their uh, monthlies. I've commentated on many of the, uh, they call them Legacy Preservation Series 1Ks, and all of that information gets uploaded to twitch.tv backslash Kingdom little plug right in there oh Um, yeah I like I like the commentary side because it's really interesting there's a lot of it there's a lot of cards and scenarios and positions that people don't quite understand but it's really fun to go ahead and get in the booth and talk about magic because legacy magic is one of the best games ever made and legacy is the best format in magic so
1: hell yeah I, I really enjoy the card kingdom streams uh because I feel very often when you watch legacy streams you know, just having a legacy stream in general is a rare treat, and but usually the commentators don't play legacy and don't really understand anything about what's going on because legacy is hard. So I like that Card Kingdom actually has commentators who actually play the format comments on the game.
2: Yeah, and uh, it's it's really cool too because a lot of times people that want to play there's there's always like there's two sides of it. If you're a player, you're, the players are always commentators. So you'll try to get people from a large pool of regulars that play on a day-to-day basis. And they'll have to go in and work on their communication skills and their speaking skills. That way they can try to keep a broadcast going. You know, if there's dead time or if somebody is just getting destroyed by miracles is a great example. You know, the commentators have to be engaging with the audience as the game is progressing. So there's a couple different sides to it. You have to balance a lot of different things when you're commentating. But at the same time, you know it's also really awesome because when a really crazy event happens, you're right there to kind of enjoy the event with the audience. So if something really exciting happens, it's kind of on you to tell the audience that, "Hey, this is a big deal, and you guys need to t- tune in and check it out." Mm-hmm. So it's a it, it's a it's it's a lot of fun for from a um, a broadcasting perspective, and it's a lot of fun from a viewing perspective too. At least we try to make it that way. Awesome
1: yeah and what is your uh your legacy special right now you have a very special deck that uh, i noticed at the uh (laughs) at the events
2: yeah so i've been playing legacy for a long time and when i mean a long time i mean since 2004 before legacy was called legacy was called uh 1.5 that was when uh standard was called type 2 and vintage was called type 1 um and 1.5 was the wild west this was before um Star City games had their huge circuit, and they really started to try to drive the price of old-school cards like Duel Ends and things like that. Um, And of course, since Star City has come and left, it's really changed the landscape of Legacy. But I've been playing for a long time, and the evolution of decks has been pretty astounding. That being said, in in my current formation of cards, I own about 150 cards. They are all... They are all white-bordered. <laughs> and if that hurts your brain a little bit, it should, because there's a lot of cards in Legacy that are not white-bordered. But I have seen to it that they are. <laughs> and my deck is all white-bordered. It floats around the internet once in a while. Like I'm currently playing a formation <laughs> that involves fairies, um, cards like Spellstutter Sprite and Vendillion Click. And I'm playing inside of a Stoneblade shell, so it's a lot of fun. And there are cards that people don't really recognize or they recognize from, like, Popper and things like that. And, uh, yeah, I'm playing a uh, Jeskai Stoneblade featuring none other than Spell that are Sprite. So, yeah, i that's will. What I'm up to.
1: I will give you credit, Jordan. There are some cards that being in white border makes you kind of look at the art in a whole new way. And you're like, oh, this color composition actually might work a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think
2: the one... Oh, go ahead.
1: Go ahead. I was going to say, but mostly it's an abomination. Uh, go on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I remember I would be on stream sometimes, like, playing, (laughs) not casting, and then there would be some really, like, really snarky comments that would come through, like, wow, this guy's, I mean, not even snarky, it was like, this guy's, you know, a travesty, he's just, he should be ashamed of himself, (laughs) and I'm like, dude, I own these cards, man, Uh, like, you don't own them, I own
0: them. (laughs) (laughs) Does he kiss
1: his mother with that mouth? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Uh I like how you put it to me that it's the uh the ultimate lowjack method. If your collection ever gets stolen, it's going to be real obvious when the thief tries to steal it, uh sell it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's uh it's great it's great prevention like that. Um and it's just, you know, it's just something a, a unique thing that I did because I realized that I like the game too much and I never want to be of the mindset that I could quit and I could cash my cards in for a certain amount of money.
0: Been, been so you just room. ruined them? You ruined them to be unsellable. <laughs> <laughs> I just Basically, love magic so yeah. much
1: I deface the cards.
0: <laughs> it's kind of a
2: backwards, it's not very intuitive. Oh, in man. my mind, in my crazy mind, that's what I decided to do. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, at least you don't ever have to worry about getting Blackboard or dual Lands. <laughs>
2: I was thinking about blackboarding my whiteboarder duel. <laughs> Is
0: that weird? <laughs> Is that a weird
1: Oh, my God, yes. Sharpie. <laughs> Sharpie your duels and whiteboarder everything else. <laughs> oh, that would be perfect. <laughs> so, Pat, did you do anything while we were in Seattle?
0: Uh, I mean, <laughs> I did a lot of stuff, none of it having to do with <laughs> magic. I actually, I caught I caught exactly zero of the coverage as well because i was working one day and then i had plans another day um but uh but yeah i mean it was a it was a uh let's see what's the word it was a productive week for me just had nothing to do with magic um <laughs> i i heard you so i heard you bought your great week i heard you bought yourself a new toy i did i bought a uh, i bought a new guitar uh personally inspected <laughs> by bob wong bob i am legacy wong um but uh yeah that came in the mail today which was pretty sweet and uh Bought a new amp, bought some just some sweet, sweet gear for the for the new guitar, and uh, have been playing the shit out of it the last few days, so man, enjoying myself.
1: Man, taking that midlife crisis real easy,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't take much, man. I mean, I, it's a little early for my midlife crisis, so maybe like maybe I'll buy something really over the top when I hit 40, but right now I'm just uh, happy to be playing guitar again, and uh, yeah, that's about it for me. So the new intro is uh, courtesy of me. <laughs> It's, like Steve Vai, it's you know?
1: a terrible like twinkle twinkle little star rendition. I, first of all,
0: I have a few years of guitar playing under my belt. <laughs> I'm just very rusty. I haven't played in years and years.
1: So. Uh we gotta we gotta form the Leaving a Legacy
0: Band, right? Yeah, well our friend Ooh. our friend uh, uh Tom Hep is also a guitar player and also plays drums as well, so uh, yeah, we might actually have to, like, put a band together. <laughs> is gonna be, we'll travel to all the legacy GPs. Are we
1: going to be one of those bands where uh, the most talented musician in the band is the drummer? And it's just, like, clearly I mean, wasted. <laughs> clearly wasted
0: <laughs> on the drummer. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I mean, look at look at Rush. They did okay. <laughs> or
1: uh, Foo Fighters.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Foo Fighters as well, yeah. Yeah, hey, man, a good, the drummer is what, you know, this is what keeps the band together, man. He's the timing there, He's you know? Th-
1: He's heart, the heart of the band. <laughs> Anyways, uh, before we spiral any further into a lifestyle, anyway, podcast, so there was a legacy
0: GP, right? <laughs> yeah, there was a legacy GP. Who won? Did you win?
1: Uh, no, I didn't win. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, but Jordan's did, friends with the winner.
0: Did our friend Deathright Shaman win?
1: Our friend Deathright Shaman did win. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Hey, okay, you know what? He's not the hero we need. He's the hero we oh, deserve. Jeez,
1: uh, Jordan, what uh, can you? You mentioned uh, you knew the winner. Uh, he's a Seattle local.
2: Yeah, uh, his name's Daniel Duterte, uh, originally from the East Coast. So uh, I guess from your guys' side of the country, but I think he moved out here maybe about five or six years ago. So we'll claim him for our own at this point. <laughs> yeah, uh, real a real great guy. Honestly, it couldn't have happened to a better dude. Um, he plays he and he grinds a lot of different events, uh, a lot of standard and modern as well. He's been to the pro tour before. I think he qualified playing um, affinity at an RPTQ. And I guess in in his defense, he always thought he was kind of a a one-and-done kind of guy. He was going to make it and and keep on grinding events and having a good time. He just loves and enjoys magic and has been playing for a while. And then he comes to the Legacy Grand Prix and he has some preparation, but he's not crushing it. He's enjoying the format. But, you know, and honestly, I think... It's really hard to crush Legacy, if you know what I mean. You know, the, the mm-hmm. deck diversity is so huge, and the variance is so great that it's hard to really roll roll up to a Grand Prix and be like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna one and done this thing, and it's gonna be no problem." Mm-hmm. Um, so he played, he played. Well, he was playing the Evil Empire. He was playing the New York Yankees.
0: He was playing. <laughs> yeah, he was
2: playing Grixis Delver. You know. And that obviously is just... It's the best deck by, like, a country mile, I want to say. It's really powerful. It's got match, good matchups all around. Um, if you draw well, nobody can beat you. Nobody, if you draw perfect and your opponent has, you know, a small issue with something, you're going down.
1: That Right? That's like... I noticed that, so I played Grixis Delver in the GP as well. And it's just the way the deck is, it makes people just play into these stupid situations. Like... Multiple times, I had my opponent, when I'm on the play, I go Underground Sea, Deathrite Shaman, and then they force of will the Deathrite Shaman, because that's how much of a threat it is. And then you're like, okay, days. You just, and just, it, you just like snowball. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's like, it's
2: like, the, when you cast, you have like both your shoulders are shrugging you're like, "Is this good?" Your opponent's like, yep, it's, it's, good, it's
1: good." But yeah, no, it's just like the the Grixis deck is just designed to snowball, and you're right; it just has these like unbeatable starts where it's like, Oh right, well, I'm fucked." <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's really powerful. It's I think what's amazing about the deck is it's got an amazing threat package. It can go both wide and tall. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got creatures that are just insanely hard to kill um, through multiple avenues, either via sac effect or by not being able to be targeted. So it's just a really powerful deck. Um, it's kind of the final evolution. Of, I don't know if you guys remember Rug Delver or all the, vari- the yeah. Delver variants that came out of that. Rug Delver, Bug Delver... Um, Even the Jeskai build, that was around for a hot minute. So, yeah, that that deck was obviously really powerful, and it was the one that my my friend Daniel Duterte ended up going. I think he went undefeated in in Swiss and won. So he went undefeated through the whole tournament, and I think he just conceded it round 15 or something like that to uh, Seth Manfield, who was supposed to be a a pretty good guy.
1: Man, he could have claimed the record. Uh apparently yeah. that record was just broken uh this weekend as well.
2: Yeah, by the uh the Standard player. Yeah. From what yeah, went
0: undefeated through top 8. That's insane.
2: Yeah, and that's like I I, I don't know exactly what the, the dynamics of of Standard were and if there were, there was a specific archetype or deck that was not very well discovered. I know that People were playing that red blue God gift deck, but you know, it's that, not heard, to Legacy. I heard
1: they were that's just playing bad. red aggro, like, <laughs> and people were like, "Oh, oh red aggro!" Oh, claims oh, it. oh,
2: oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. So he was, yeah. I, I remember now. My, 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 my other friend uh, Charles Wong was in Tavi for standard, so I think he faced off against him at some point.
1: Uh, he threw, he threw away the record. He could have beat it. out. How insane would that be? Be if. Both the Legacy and the Standard GP both break the record back to back of undefeated uh, players taking it down. <laughs>
2: yeah, that would be pretty crazy, um, especially because, I, and I think it's you know obviously I th- I'm always gonna think it's more impressive with Legacy because you know you're playing you you're playing I mean you're playing really powerful cards and you can get great draws, but one match I and mean, you can get a matchup that's not great. Like if if my buddy ever sat down against Turbo Depths, like. Good luck, man. That's <laughs> yeah, it's a, a, like a it's like an eighty twenty. You know, it's impossible. So,
1: yeah, that's true. So yeah,
2: death ride shaman flying the flag, man.
1: Yeah, um, I mean top eight. Let's see. I guess do we want to just dive into top eight now?
0: Yeah, yeah I'm gonna just read the lists off real quick.
1: Yeah, read them off.
0: All right, we're not, we're just, we're not going by rank. We're just gonna just run, rattle off the top eight lists. Uh, our friend Noah Walker, uh, top eight with Grixis Delver, and this is a very very stock sixty. Um, dead and gone the sideboard, which is a little mm. different, I guess. Oh yeah, so that's
1: that actually bad. started making the rounds right before the GP. Yeah. Um, Bob actually sent that to me. Uh, a bunch of the Grixis players are playing Dead and Gone now. Uh, because mm-hmm. it's for the mirror match, so it's a split yep. split card. De- dead one red instant shock target creature, gone two in a red instant bounce target creature you don't control. So mm-hmm. answers young pyro deathrite shaman delver of secrets, and then late angler. yeah well late yeah. game go- gone goes and answers Gurmag angler. Plus, it also gives you some main deck answers to things like Merit Lage or Grizzlebrand or things that can really give the deck a lot of problems once they're in play. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, we had Miranda Keith, who played uh, Maverick to top eight, which is awesome. Um, that's a, that's a, Maverick is a sweet deck that we don't see enough of, I think, in Legacy. Uh, so it was really cool to see her top eight with the deck. Um, we had Steve Rubin with uh, Checkpile, top eighting as well. Um Daniel Duarte, obviously, was playing Grixis Delver. He was our winner of the GP. Luke Purcell, playing Miracles. Um, And playing a main deck Gideon, ally of Zendikar. Nothing really sticks out there. Um, Sam Black on lands. Keaton Woods on Miracles as well. And then Jeremy Dizzotti on bug control. Um, Any thoughts on these lists, guys? I, I didn't see anything too crazy, like I said, besides the... The dead and gone in the uh, the Grixis list, but
1: um, I
0: I hate the Magic web page. It's just standard yeah,
1: it's decks. Awful. It's just it's I don't even have the Legacy. It keeps redirecting me to standard for the list. <laughs> yeah, I went ahead and
2: pulled up the deck list. I was fighting with the website a little bit. I would also yeah. the pull point out that Miranda is also a a Seattle local as well. So, oh, nice! Yeah, something we're very proud of.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah, that's great. Yeah. I want to take a look at this Maverick list. I haven't looked at it yet. I actually played against Blue Maverick in the GP. Really? Which is the most greedy deck I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it was four, yeah, like four-color Dark Maverick Splash Blue for Leovold. Sick.
2: There you go. Well, if you're going spl- to play Checkpile and Splash Red I mean, in your got, bug deck.
0: Yeah, they, and they have death Deathrite Shaman. Like, <laughs> and and <laughs> Noir. Yeah, Deathrite Shaman. Detroit Shaman, Noble Hierarch, <laughs> <laughs> those can all make those can all make mana uh,
1: The Tireless Tracker is interesting, I mean I, I You
0: can also Green Sun for Leofold too so. Right yeah.
1: Um. So in Miranda's list uh, the Tireless Tracker is interesting but then again I haven't seen a Maverick list top 8 in so long that maybe that's stock and I just never noticed <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Magus of the Crucible is in there
1: Oh, is that Sideboard?
2: No, sorry, it's Ram and that Excavator just kidding. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And Yeah. Uh, and they got... And it's interesting because there's also Stoneforge with the two equipment package. So this is kind of like... It's reminiscent of the old school Maverick builds that used to play like two Stoneforges and two GTAs which is really weird. But, I mean, this is, it's, it is kind of interesting. It, it is indicative of the old school, like calling back to the old school green light lists.
1: Yeah, not running a batter skull is interesting. I like it, though, mm. because, you know, the four stone forge takes up a lot of room in the deck and it makes yeah. each subsequent stone forge that much worse. Um, so I've often wanted to only run two stone forge, but then you get stuck with, like, weird drawing batter skull hands. Um, yeah. Where in this deck, it's like, even if you just naturally draw the Jit or the Sword of Fire and Ice, you can still just cast it and suit up and be perfectly happy.
2: Yeah. And I think the other side of this is the, the creature density and the creature package for this deck is just so immensely powerful. I mean, a 4-4 four, four Vigilance Life Linker. well, that, a lot of decks would be like, wow, that's really strong, you know, versus Delver, wow, that's really strong. I mean, when you're looking at, like, a 3-mana 9-9, nine, nine, let me tell you something— there's four there's four fours. They're a little small, you know.
1: I I do love me some night of the reliquary. It is oh, one of my yeah. favorite creatures. It's
2: uh, it's quite good.
1: Yeah. So, running down the list just for our listeners, four deathrite shaman, of course. <laughs> uh one Gaddock teeg, four night of the reliquary, four mother of runes, uh one noble hierarch. One Kazali Pride Mage, hate that card. One Room Map Excavator. (laughs) (laughs) One Scavenging Ooze. One Scrib Ranger. Two Stoneforge Mystic. Four Thalia Guardian of Thraben. One Tireless Tracker. One Dryad Arbor. Four Green Sun Zenith to Find the Family. uh, Four Swords to Plowshares. A Jit, a Sword of Fire and Ice. And a Sylvan Library. Uh, ooh, the one of Gaia's cradle in the land base is cool. Uh, two bayou, one forest, one horizon canopy, one Caracas, one marsh flats, one Maze it. It's like an EDH deck up in here. Yeah, that <laughs> is. one it's plains, to yeah, <laughs> one plains, two Savannah, one scrublands, one verdant catacombs, four wasteland, four windswept teeth, two wooded foothills.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's. Powerful, and you're also utilizing a different side of the deck by having both you know, you can tutor for all your creatures, then your knight tutors for all your lands. So it's got a lot of versatility and relatively strong versus a lot of different matchups. Yeah. So, and uh, there's a lot, I remember a lot of people champion, championing this deck uh, back when it was Rug Delver. This, but it was like this deck and Rug Delver were kind of the two premier uh, creature based strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, some really nice. Uh, additions to this current format are Choke, obviously, is quite powerful.
1: Yeah, 2-Choke in the sideboard is awesome.
2: In a, in a format where, you know, blues is, is king, Aethers from Canada's is Cigar, Host Herons, and then just a slew of Dotsies, Abrupt Decays, and various other bits and pieces. So, a strong deck. I mean, robust and able to answer your opponent's moves and actions. This is one of those decks where you look at it and you're like, I don't think there's a matchup that's like 80-20 against you. You know, you're going to have mostly 40% to 60%. Um,
1: so. I would say like Red Black Reanimator probably gives the deck the most difficult time.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, like, like Char Belcher,
1: like I don't I don't see <laughs> I don't see how this deck ever beats Char Belcher, but I don't think that's something to worry about.
2: <laughs> yeah, super fast combo is always going to give non forcible decks problems, right? But at the same time, it's like, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, hopefully, if it also, it's like if if the combo player gets a slow start, like Thalia followed by Galaxy can lock out so many combo decks. It's not even funny.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, I, and what it's, I guess, at a grand prix, you're probably thinking like, man, if somebody flew, if somebody flew like thousands of miles to Grand Prix and they just wanted to play Charbelcher. <laughs> Did you no,
1: <laughs> Oh, my God. Did you see someone sent me a picture of someone got a Beta Taiga and had it edited to be in uh, Japanese for their Charbelcher deck? <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw that. It was sweet. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Um, also... This deck can hilariously beat combo like the number of times I have cashed a blind turn one show and tell put in an Embercool. My opponent puts in Night of the Reliquary, untaps, plays a forest and fetches, <sighs> fetches <laughs> a Caracas. I'm <laughs> just like, well, gave you a turn one night. Have fun. <laughs> you know,
2: that can happen. Those things can happen.
1: Oh, man. Oh, Actually, so going back to the Maverick player I played, who was splashing blue, the thing that made it even more egregious is he was running the uh, Dark Depths package for his Nether the Reliquary.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like so he just has two lands in his deck that do absolutely nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Uh, so it is cool to see uh, Maverick uh, make a showing in the top eight. I haven't seen it in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, four color control list looks pretty normal.
0: Yeah, there there wasn't a lot of like real spiciness in the top eight, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: that is kind of that's kind of what you get with a format that says, uh, you know, well rounded as 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 uh, as legacy. Yeah, no spells that are
2: sprites makes me kind of sad, man.
1: <laughs>
2: we sad boys.
1: Yeah, I mean, like even if I top eight, it wouldn't look any different. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like the, it's the GP
1: play it safe yep.
0: <laughs> yeah play it safe play no one decks you know I think the one the one adaptation that I will say is Jeremy
2: Dasani's list while it is kind of like it does look like a lot of other decks like a mid-range bug deck that isn't playing like Shardless Agent and stuff like that is pretty interesting um, it is like a kind of a step away from the check pile 4 seed uh, Leoval decks because this is actually three Sealhold, but you know by not having red it does change some of his card you know his card choices and things like that. But
0: mm-hmm. for
2: him to do as well as he did, that's pretty sweet. You know? Yeah,
1: it's funny. I was surprised to actually see this top eight because I actually brought this deck with me to the GP um, as a fun deck to play in side events. Uh, and uh, my one de- my one change is I was running a sixty first card Ashiok. Oh. <laughs>
0: Because, I mean, Ashiok. Because Jerry likes to lose games. <laughs> well, it pitches the force of will. It
1: pitches the, the you know, force of will. Just... <laughs> plus, plus the look in your opponent's eye when you uh, when you exile Grizzlebrand with Ashiok. And you're like, I'm coming for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, but yeah, so I, I've played this deck. I've been playing a little bit in side events. And uh, it is a lot of fun to play. I think
2: the, uh, the big advantageous position behind playing three colors is that Jeremy gets to play Wasteland in his deck besides stretching into red, and so because he gets to play Wasteland in a lot of basics, he also gets to cast uh, Life from the Loam out of his sideboard versus Delver Mirrors, so it's really nice and allows him a lot of other opportunities that the four-color liable deck does not have. So, you know, more colors, not always better,
1: you know. Yeah. It is nice. I will say the thing I miss most when playing the list, though, is the reach of lightning bolts. Like, yeah. <laughs> when you're, like, your opponent's on, like, two life, and you're just like, man, I wish I was praying for a lightning bolt off the top of my deck, but it's not even in here, yeah. so I can't even fool myself.
2: <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, it's interesting because when you look at decks like Rug Delver, or, or sorry, uh, Bug Delver versus Grixis Delver, and there was kind of always this traditional argument of over him to Torok and Tomb Stalker and, and cards like that, versus being able to deal three to your opponent and winning outside of combat. It was always kind of viewed that winning outside of combat was better. And then this Delver decks wise up and were like, "Hey, we should just use this Deathrite Shaman card, and we can play four colors of mana. It's great.
1: <laughs>
2: now we're killing people left and right. It's No problem." That's my uh, crotchety. I hate Deathrite Shaman voice. Good
1: <laughs> <laughs> man that was so that's the the top eight uh next week i'm gonna be on with uh wilson and james and we're gonna kind of go more into uh the gp itself and kind of what we're experiencing from the meta uh this week though jordan i just want to talk about some seattle flavor you know as a local i feel you're the best one to guide us through it
2: okay um yeah I, i don't um i guess are you interested in talking about like what our metagame is like, or you know, the tournament scene, or like the history behind the tournament. I've, I've gone at at, at nauseum at all different. Uh, <laughs> I, I, rec- I seriously have like.
1: I received a request, Jordan, uh, for you to lay out uh, what money matches are and how they affect <sighs> your friendships.
2: <laughs> well, this is kind of under wraps, I suppose. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Uh, yeah, so basically, there was a time, I think in 2015 or something like that, that there was not a lot of interesting or, or there were not any big events or monthlies that were firing, and the amount of legacy that you could play was kind of boiled down to playing weeklies, which is fine, but they're weeklies, and you're playing. For, you know, our, I'm so I'm so blessed to be playing at Card Kingdom and to have such a big um, tournament scene and a nice tournament scene and stuff like that. We fired, I think we fired Monday night with 50 people at our weekly, um, and you get paid out like $60 to credit. since um, it's kind of cool. You can go infinite and buy cards from Card Kingdom and stuff, but and there's a big but. At one point, that was the all of the legacy activity that we could do, and we actually couldn't play. Like we weren't playing for high stakes at all. Like there wasn't wasn't anything really exciting to be playing for, and historically. The Northwestern legacy community was really big and really rich. Um, you guys were at that, or Jerry, you were at that 5K where we were playing for Underground Seas. Um, and this is going to sound crazy, but that used to be the standardized price support for a Legacy Monthly. If there weren't Underground Seas at the tournament, people were thinking about doing other things. If there were like if there were like tropical islands, it was like I don't want I don't know if I want to play for that. You know, and that sounds crazy. Isn't that
1: crazy? Oh, I got all that all that uh, venture capitalism money up <laughs> in the northwest. I saw all the Teslas when I was walking around. Oh
2: my god! Yeah, I mean that was just part of it. That was you know that was like 2012 2013. There were a lot more bigger events, and that was also when Star City kept on coming out there to the northwest, and there were there were just monthly events or bi-monthly events that were being run and every once in a while there was a tournament series that would fire for a black lotus and that's what we played legacy for so after a little while those tournaments kind of bled away because i felt like it
1: got too expensive like we had them too like we used to have dual land tournaments all the time and just like stores just couldn't afford to buy like the buy list price just got too high to support it
2: yeah, the, they were, they were stores were unable to afford the duels. And there was one time, I think, there was a tournament, that series that fired, or there was a um, a monthly that fired, and the guy had, like, 26 people show up for the event. And he was giving away blue duels. Mm. And it was just like, oh, he just took an absolutely, just took a beating on, on the prize support and all that. And he locked, he locked it in. You know, he said, this is what was going to happen. So, you know, obviously the player base felt bad, but that's what he said he was giving away. So um, anyways, during 20, 2015, there was not a lot of magic going on. And at one point I was just like, I'll challenge somebody and we'll have a money match kind of underneath, you know, the, the gaze of <laughs> Card Kingdom and just any sanctioned tournament magic at all. You Anything leave your matter.
1: envelope on the counter. They leave their envelope <laughs> on the counter and you just happen to play a game of magic. <laughs>
2: I'm going to be honest, it was less discreet than that. It was by far much less. But the thing about it is there's no evidence about it. And all I can tell you is anecdotal, anecdotal things. But there was, like, we had, I do and I don't even know if I'm going to get in trouble talking about this. We had this streamed through my Twitch account, and we had, like, we we both laid out, like, it was, like, the way it's our format was King of the Hill style, and depending on how many decks you had left, like it was like knockout, like Pokemon style, King of the Hill style. <laughs> Where if you won with a deck, you would advance and play the person's next deck with whatever deck you'd won with.
1: Oh, that's an awesome tournament structure. Oh, yeah. hell yeah, that's what we got to do for the uh, the Levial Legacy challenges, Pat. <laughs> King of the Hill Legacy
2: thing about it is the stakes were kind of high because <laughs> the way that we said it, we, we said it was if you win, depending on how many decks you have left alive at the end, you win that much money in hundreds. <laughs> 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 so we sit down and play and it's me versus, uh, and I don't, I should, maybe I shouldn't say his name, but me versus this other guy and we're playing... And I just 3o him, and I just win 300. <laughs> right? I'm just like, I'm just like, give me your lunch money. Kid. <laughs> and that kind of sparked this idea of money, like not money matches, but like you know, bet matches and things. And the idea was to kind of take this this idea from the fighting community. They call it salt, the salty sweet or things like that, where you can, if you're kind of traveling around to a convention or an event, you can take bet matches and play people. And so we were trying to spice it up and make things interesting. And that was a way to, you know, kind of get the community involved. They wanted to sit down and watch these bed matches. And eventually it kind of evolved into something, its current iteration now, where we have a a, uh, Facebook group, I guess. (laughs) Jordan, first rule
1: about Facebook group is you don't talk about Facebook group.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. First thing about Magic Money Matches is you don't talk about Magic Money Matches. But then we, you know, and then we we ended up, we've we've actually since gone ahead and launched kind of a a Twitch channel, and we don't actually save any of the buds, but if you, you know, if you're in the know and you want to tune in and watch some of these bet matches, they certainly go down, and it's fairly interesting. It's a lot of fun. Um, It's kind of a, a, a... an area where you can kind of go in and, and show people your, your deck diversity and things like that and how creative you are. So, I'll give you an example. The first match, the bet match we played in 2015, I knew my opponent liked to play a lot of Him to Torak and Abrupt Decay. Like, those are the two cards he loved to play. You know, he originally won a Star City event playing Buck Delver if you want to dig for his name you can go ahead and do that, but I'm not gonna say it this,
1: Yeah, I'm sure there problem. are like, <laughs> there are probably only like one or two people who won a star city with Bug Delver, right? In the yeah, history yeah, of the deck. Probably <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, in the Northwest,
2: in Seattle, you
1: know, sure. It's like all right yeah. I narrowed it down to like twenty people. <laughs>
2: but I knew that I knew that he liked to play those cards, you know, and so I when we sat down to play, I met a game not for my opponent being able to, you know, my opponent's deck range, but those cards specifically. So I brought a couple decks. The decks that I brought all have the card divert in them. And oh, I don't know if good. You guys <laughs> know about the card divert, <laughs> but it's, it's insane. The, it's the
1: spell pierce that redirects.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a spell pierce. But if you can't pay for the spell pierce, then I get to drive your spell. So if you cast him to Torok and me, I say no. You're casting Hinder Torok on you which is pretty insane. It's like a three for one, and then you lose two cards at random. Uh, And so because I knew that, I brought decks that had lots of copies of Divert in them, and it was actually, like, extremely effective. It's super effective. And I was able to, uh, I think I dropped one game. He played Turn 2, Jace the Mind Sculptor, and I lost one of those. But it was a lot of fun. It was cool. And it was a chance to kind of break from the mold of there weren't a lot of legacy events, there was not a lot of excitement going on. We had these three thousand dollar decks that were just kind of sitting in deck boxes that we wanted to use. And eventually we kind of we got the ball rolling and we're you know, I, I was even at the Grand Prix, I was taking I was doing uh bet matches in a another outside location. Not in not in the Grand Prix, not in the main hall, not over there, but you know, we were playing outside of the event. It was fun.
1: Awesome. Oh, boy, that, uh, that sounds spicy. I I, I like it. Uh, uh, Leaving a legacy does not support uh, gambling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do so at your own risk. Uh, Don't eat red meat more than twice a week. False. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, So, uh, with that... uh, I kind of wanted to go over uh, a topic that someone brought up on the Facebook page that they noticed about the check pile lists uh, in the uh, top eight. Um, Ponder versus Preordain in Check Pile. Have you guys been noticing this?
2: You know, I have always been... I've actually considered in... I've had conversations with a couple of friends of mine that have always thought that... Not necessarily always thought, but in specific decks, they have considered... It, Preordain versus Ponder, in other in other forms, and that was that was primarily in a, a take versus it was like Rug Delver. He wanted to play preordain versus Ponder, um, but it is like kind of it's a really thin difference. You know, you're not you're talking about you know s- squeezing milk out of an onion, <laughs> <which is>
1: not, <laughs> not
2: really a thing that happens.
1: Oh, uh, you you tr- you you Northwesterners and your idioms. <laughs> Um, No, it's true, though. I mean, it's not super different. It really comes down to kind of ordering of your cards like so uh, BBD uh, actually made a great point. I actually got to meet BBD in person this weekend, which was awesome. Um, (laughs) It was funny. I, I like saw him across the table. I was watching Wilson's game and then I realized BBD was like across the table a couple rows down. And I just like look up and I like a wave at everything and he waves back and I go back to watching Wilson's match. <laughs> and then oh, I just yeah. and then I just like hear something behind me and I just like look up and he's just standing directly behind me. <laughs> <laughs> he's like <laughs> He's lurking.
0: Yeah. Easy,
1: Terry. Uh but it was it was awesome getting to meet him in person. But he he moves so silently and fast. <laughs>
0: It's the shaved head. It's the shaved shaved, head. Exactly. <laughs>
1: we I, we compared shaved heads because I, I freshly shaved my head for the GP. Yeah, man.
0: You you pull it off nicely, by the way. I have Aww. to say. Well, great. I thank you, Pat.
1: <laughs> um, I got my Mass Drop Bald membership card in the mail. I'm real excited. Nice. <laughs> oh, it's in the mail? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so BBD was playing Check Pile uh, for the GP, and he actually kind of really summed it up uh, really well. So, um, he said, it's just more consistent. Uh, you always get what you want and ship what you don't ponder forces tough decisions sometimes where you have to keep one to two stinkers for a good card. Uh, most of the time I shuffle those ponders, but shuffling on a ponder is worth worse than a preordain in those scenarios. Um, ponder is better in Delver and miracles because it sets up Delver flips and sets up terminus and treat and predict. But I imagine preordain is uh, better in pretty much every other fair deck that doesn't care about the top of its deck. So that that's a bold statement. You know, pre- preordained is better in pretty much every other fair deck that doesn't care about the top. If you're just looking for a specific card or cards for a specific situation uh, and you don't necessarily want to keep that because that's happened to me all the time. Where I'm like, oh, man, I really need a lightning bolt, And I ponder and I see lightning bolt, dual land, dual lands. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really no want those lands. Yeah. But it's like yeah. I really need a bolt right now. So I have to right. keep it.
0: Yep.
2: Yeah. That's so, one of those positions too, where you're trying to balance and manage all of your, your 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 fetch land effects as well, you know, and it, it it can even be kind of confusing too because let's say you cast a ponder and you do want all three of your cards and you leave your fetch land up, and now you have to crack your fetch land to play one of the cards that you drew, but you know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. end up kind of getting caught in between both sides of your ponder because you want the rest of the cards that you just pondered for, but you also need to make an action on that exact turn. Exactly. So it, can be, it can be troublesome. It can be tough.
1: And that comes up a lot in Grixis Delver. I was noticing that a lot, where I'm like, "Oh, I have the best three cards on top with Ponder, but I have this lands, and I really want to play this Delver of Secrets this turn.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so I, I think that's interesting. Um, I think we have been seeing more Preordains uh, pop up in the format. Um, I know the Sneak and Show list is run, up to running like three of them now. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, maybe it goes from 4 Ponder, 3 preordained, to 4 preordained, 3 Ponder.
2: Yeah, I think the other interesting part about that is if you're playing a Brainstorm, like, I always consider, like, well, almost every blue deck is going to play a Brainstorm besides, I think, saving Merfolk or something like that. But I was always wondering if you could just sit down and, and swap your Ponders for Preordains and you can just start looking like... You can just show a different variant when you cast your turn one cantrip, right? It, you go volcanic island cantrip preordain. All of a sudden, your opponent is going to play like their whole second turn completely differently. It's like, oh man, he's playing storm or he's playing um, sneak and show or something like that. Because preordains predominantly, you're going to see you know four brainstorm, four ponder, and then X of whatever cantrip spell that actually you know the the combo deck is going to play so if you actually do do that ponder swap you can get percentage points in your matchups based off of your opponent just going I have no idea what this guy is doing and I don't want to die next turn (laughs) so kind of interesting you know really small edges but edges nonetheless
1: true who knows though I mean as far as we know everything could uh, fall apart next week with the ban and restricted announcements, and we could be facing a wild wild west of a format (laughs)
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the two cards that are on on everyone's mind are Death Deathrite Shaman and Cataxon Probe.
1: Mm. Oh, you uh, spoiled you spoiled my grand reveal. I'm oh, so yes, sorry. Jerry, that's yeah. Definitely, yeah. No
0: one <laughs> talked about it yet. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. No, well, I mean, it was just like so we did uh, the Le- Leaving Legacy dinner with Gavin. Uh, which is a and half a, of Seattle and right. half of Seattle, which is a blast. Uh, we're gonna go into that next week um, when Wilson and James are on. We are gonna try and record for this week, but scheduling didn't work out. So uh, I'm rec- we're recording tomorrow, so you guys will feel have that next week, but. Uh, at dinner, uh, Gavin actually asked the table, you know, just nonchalantly. So what do you guys think? Should we ban something? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, but That's amazing. Uh,
1: surprisingly, surprisingly, the card that we all focused on, uh, what then we talked about the most was Gataxian Probe. Mm. And Gavin was actually really for that as well. Um, The way he put it is the reason why he thinks Ketaxian Probe should be banned is, um, you know, first of all, power level reasons, but also just Gataxian Probe takes away this fundamental part of magic of not knowing what's in your opponent's hand, playing around it, like the mystery of what it could come. And it's just like it takes that entire facet of the game and just throws it out the window for basically free. Like, it repla- it replaces itself. You don't have to pay Banna for it. You can just pay two life. It's just so easy, and it just completely strips away an entire layer of the game.
2: Yeah, it's... Uh, I always think of Gataxian Probe as, Gataxian Probe, I'm dead. You know, it's like, either I'm getting, I'm getting Cabal Therapy, and he's going to him me for one black, or my opponent just realizes that I don't have any interaction, and he's going to play four Dark Rituals and kill me. You know, so it's, it's really, uh, it's a, it's an ugly card and it's also, it's, it's restricted in vintage and it's, it's banned in modern. Yeah. Yep. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a head scratcher. It's like, well, yeah, this is fine. This is legal. Yeah. I I mean,
0: (sighs) we were kind of talking about this in the Leaving Lexi chat as well, Jerry, um, about the, I mean, exactly what are you trying to hit with, with, with uh, the Probe?
1: Um, I would think if Getaxian Probe gets banned, it gets banned instead of Deathrite Shaman. And that's because Wizards f- for somehow comes to the conclusion that Deathrite Shaman Shaman's not the problem. Grixis Delver is the problem, which I don't think Grixis Delver is a dominant enough deck to even come to that level. But the way WotC thinks about the ban and restriction list, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the strange conclusion they come to.
0: Yeah, that makes S- sense. So, but, so you think that... that- the issue is that they're trying to knock down Grixis a peg, like because I don't even think Grixis is a problem personally.
1: That's what I'm saying, but I mean everyone's always complaining about Grixis. I mean I complain yeah. about Grixis indirectly because I'm complaining about Deathrite Shaman. Right. I think Wizards conflates the two and isn't going to be able to distinguish that players are complaining about Deathrite Shaman. They're not complaining about Grixis Delver. Um, and I think if if they come to that. Conclusion: They're gonna think, oh well, let's ban Getaxian Probe for you know the reasons that we all mentioned. Like, I don't think Wizards likes Getaxian Probe. I just don't think Getaxian Probe is a big enough of a problem in Legacy currently that it's that it would be on their radar otherwise.
0: Yeah, I mean, I suppose so. I, I I would just be surprised if that's the case because it. I mean, I don't. I would. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't hate to see Probe go because there's nothing worse than getting probed by Storm. Them getting like the free Storm. The free storm count, uh, reading your hand, and then being able to not to uh, cabal therapy you much more effectively, which is kind of a kind of sucky. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I yeah, I have a hard time believing that that probe is in the list of, of being ban worthy. I That's really why
1: don't. I was I was shocked when Gavin brought it up.
0: Yeah, I th- well, I mean, perhaps it's on their mind just because it is something that is banned that was recently restri- well, restricted, right? In vintage, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, was, yeah, was, yeah, and it yeah. was
0: banned in Modern like like less than a year ago, right? Yeah. Because of because of the Storm the Storm deck, I guess. And also partially because of uh Infect. In fact and what was yeah. that other deck? The um Death Shadow deck. Didn't they play oh, yeah. probe as well? Yeah, I mean they I don't Shadow I don't really follow dead. Modern at all, but that I'm just assuming that was it was like uh, you know, it was pr- it was banned for the sin of all modern, not necessarily just a single deck. Um mm-hmm. Um, But I don't know, man. I I have a hard time buying that Probe is going to... I mean, I guess, like, the other thing that we were talking about in the chat was just, like, Probe is just filling the Grexus deck full of air, where they're able to basically just take four cards out of their deck get the free charting through their deck and also get relevant information on the on the opponent. So Oh it's
1: it's just so good in Grixis. It's like it makes young Pyromancer tokens, mm-hmm, makes their cabal mm-hmm. therapies live, which are even better with their young Pyromancer tokens, mm-hmm. fills up the graveyard for a Gurmag angler. Uh like you check their hands so you know exactly what to play around in what order and what to answer in what order. Like Yeah. Like I, I one of my biggest reasons when I first picked up the deck is I was siding out the Gataxian probes games two and three
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I'm like, oh, I already know what they're playing, I don't need these anymore. And then Bob gave me a sideboard guide. He's like, no, never side out Getaxean probes. Yeah, it's like the you're best cards. You're,
0: you're just thinning your deck, thinning your deck, getting information, getting the information that's relevant right then. You know. Yeah.
1: Well, it's just good. It just it synergizes with Grixis Delver better than any yeah. other deck I've seen it synergize with. Yeah,
0: for sure, for sure like it just it uses
1: it it's like it's like when you when you hunt a deer pat you got to use every part of the animal like that's what that's what graces delver does to get taxi and probe it uses every part Um, i'll give you an alternative
2: side an alternative thought process perhaps um i've been playing so i've been playing legacy for a long time which includes the era of flash hulk unfortunately And that deck, so if people always want to talk about, like, power levels of cards and if things are unfun, well, that deck was really unfun to play against. And while I do, like, I actually never thought that top should have been banned out of Miracles. And to be perfectly honest, I think that Deathrite Shaman, while it's really good, it does just... I mean, while it's really good, it does kind of homogenize. Like, it makes kind of all all the decks kind of gravitate towards wanting to play... Either Right like they either play deathright shaman or they play deep control, or you don't play deathright shaman at all. If that makes any sense, or you don't play like blue black mid range creatures at all.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I think that it kind of suffers. Like the, the format is not busted. Like it's not like an unfair card. It just makes right. it so it's just kind of uninteresting because you're either playing deathright shaman or you're playing combo. So to yeah, speak.
0: yeah, I can I can see that. I also like. I'm not. I don't hate the fact that that Grixis is the best deck in the format right now. I'm actually. I'm totally fine with Grixis. Like wh- I'm fine with like a mid range slash tempo deck being the best deck in the format because it's it's fair. It's a fair deck. Like it, it'd be yeah. one thing if it was a if it's a, if Sneak Show is all of a sudden the best deck in the format, or you know Dredge is all of a sudden the best deck in the format, or or even on the other side of that, if Miracles is the best deck in the format. Because I do think that the best decks to play against are the mid-range decks in general like that's what the most palatable thing to play against is throughout the course of a tournament and for the health of the format i think a mid-range deck is best being the best deck
2: agri control mid-range i mean like there was, like rug delver was really popular for a long time as well and that's like the lowest to the ground agri control variant that was but, really popular
0: yeah but and, and but i think like i also can think imagine rug, if rug delver is the best deck in the format that can also be really there are more, I would assume, and again, I have, I don't think I've really ever played against a true rug Delver deck because it it was, it had fallen in popularity by the time I got into into Legacy. But I imagine the amount of non games you play versus rug Delver is pretty miserable. Like there's never really a non game versus Grixis Delver. Like you occasionally no. occasionally they'll play the Wasteland Turn one. Are you and kidding that,
1: me, Pat? No, <laughs> that's my biggest problem with check with uh, Grixus Delver is the number of times it just snowballs out of control like, they play turn one Deathright Shaman. It is a must answer. All the people, oh, Deathrite Shaman's not busted. All you have to do is play removal. It's like, yeah, you play removal. It's a must answer. You try and kill it, and they daze it. You're so far behind. Deathrite Shaman still lets them play a, a two drop on turn two or two one drops. They just, like, snowball and just take over the game, and it's over from there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that Deathrite Shaman is a, like, a... Um, I think you you are still afforded the ability to play around days when you're playing against a deathright shaman deck. I don't think you have to play into days against deathright shaman. I really don't think it's that. I mean, it's not that good of a card where it must be answered. The yes, down. it is
1: because then they go turn two true name nemesis and you're screwed.
0: Well, I mean, I think the one thing that's really good about
2: the Rikka Stelver deck is their their threat package is so good. I mean, young Pyro Egg, and. Um, True name are all like extraordinarily powerful cards. I have mm-hmm. big problems with true name, but that's a whole different story.
0: Man, I um, actually think like true. So no, go ahead, go ahead. But I, well, I agree so, with true name. With true name well, being a problem. So
1: it, it's just with the, it's just with the way the threat package works that if you don't answer the the Rite shaman, then they go either turn two true name nemesis or they go turn two you young pyromancer cabal therapy. Like
0: a, true name is like a two of in the deck though, Jerry. It's not even like it's like. Yeah, the or they common.
1: go young pyromancer, cabal therapy, or they go delver of secrets. Set up a delver and hold up their own removal for your, uh, for your Right shaman. shaman. Mm-hmm. Like being on the play with that deck just leads to these snowball events, which just creates so many non-games, which Man. is why it's unfun. <sighs> well, it's a non-game.
2: <laughs> well, I just think the reason why I mean I think the reason why deathright shaman is so strong is that it always it always holds relevance. Um, traditionally, manadorks. Have always been like, they're good early, they're not so good late. I mean, right. if you think about the best mana Dork that was really good before Death Right Shawn was printed, was Noble Hierarch, mm-hmm. which was pretty good, but I mean like it would boost your creatures when they were attacking. It was awful at defending because it only had it had it was a zero-one, an actual zero-one. It costs one green instead of hybrid green black, you know, either you yeah. can play it with either color. DeathRage Shaman is an exceptional blocker. It just stonewalls, you know, Power Mancer tokens. It beats Goblin Lackey, which was historically a big issue in the format. It also drains life um, so it can win games out of combat, which is important for aggro um, control strategies. It can also, if you're being clocked by Delver, it means that you can stay in the game many, many, many <laughs> turns longer than you should be so you can top-deck up answers versus evasive threats. It essentially what it does is it gives creatures minus minus two minus zero, mm-hmm. which is strong. You know that's really good, and so you know it's it's just a card that has so much versatility and is so impactful uh, at every stage in the game. You know, and so
1: I, that's, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want
2: Why it's good? You know, right?
1: Exactly. I don't want It's also uh... bad. It's also bad. So. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry, Jerry. I know you're trying to. get... It's a, it's a bad elf. It's a bad elf. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't want to I don't want to beat the Death Right Shaman horse any any longer. I feel we've we've made these points known. Uh, I just wanted to close with it with just a uh, Kevin Sprague actually posted a really interesting fact. Um, so compared to GP New Jersey in 2014, which was uh, the last GP when uh, Treasure Cruise was legal um, at GP New Jersey, there were 16 undefeated players at the end of day one. Uh, they were playing a total of thirty-one out of a possible sixty-four copies of Treasure Cruise, so less than fifty percent. Uh, GP Seattle, uh, there were eleven undefeated players after day one, and they were playing a total of thirty-two out of forty-four copies of Deathrite mm-hmm. Shaman.
0: So the the one thing I don't want to I do want to say about that as a caveat is that like the decks that are playing that were playing um that were playing Treasure Cruise were what like blue red Delver and. I guess like we might have seen uh, Omni Show playing that as well.
1: Uh, yeah, they were, they were more Red focused Delver. on, they're most fo- more focused on like uh, the Dig Through
0: Times. Yeah, so like, but it was basically but, blue right now. playing yeah, Treasure Cruise. Right? I mean,
1: any 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 blue deck that could fill the graveyard was running Treasure Cruise. It was right. It was ancestral recall, basically.
0: Right. Well, all, all I was saying was that like the Deathrite Shaman decks can. I mean. They don't vary a ton, don't get me wrong, but there are, like, Elves will play deathright Shaman. You'll, you'll see a few, like, obviously Maverick will play deathright Shaman, um, Grixis, and and uh, and some other decks will play Right as well. So, there is a little bit of variety around the card. Not a, not a ton, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, granted, like, you know, a lot of the decks start off deathright Shaman, Ponder, Brainstorm, Force of Will, which isn't, like, a huge, you know, doesn't leave a, a lot of room for a variety, but um, there is a little bit of variety with the card Right Shaman. Not a ton, but... Just yeah. in its defense, which I don't think it needs def- much defending. but,
1: um, And then also closing it out. So in the top eight of Jersey, there were 10 copies of Treasure Cruise. and the top eight of Seattle, there were 20 copies of Deathrite Shaman. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I mean, I think also one of the biggest problems, like you said, is just it's hybrid, man. It just it goes in too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's too flexible.
2: Yeah, I, I think the other side, <clears throat> when you talk about cards that were busted, that busted formats... You know, you always got to ask, what did R&D do to this, you know? How did they change it, or were there last-minute changes? Like, I think Tarmogoyf, when it was originally printed, it was, like, supposed to be, like, green, green 1, or something like that, which is just, like, yeah. stone unplayable, right? <laughs> right. It's just, like, that is not a good card. Like, GTA in its original form, was, like, put minus 1, minus 1, plus 2, plus 2, and it was supposed to give you two colorless mana right? And it's, like, way different. It's way different. It's good, but gaining two life is, like, primarily, you know, you bring that in versus versus to control and then be able to gain some life if you need to gain four life right away, right? But, you know, you look at Deathrite Shaman, and, and, you know, I I know you had a conversation with Gavin, but from my my understanding, it was originally supposed to be a one-one, you know, it was supposed to, and the, the reason why they increased the toughness was so it would live through you know, like trickery, and it, the mana cost was different.
1: And- yeah, yeah. so Gavin is actually the one who uh, designed Death Deathrite Shaman. He said... <laughs> no way, <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, Gavin designed Deathrite Shaman. He told us that at the dinner, and everyone at the dinner was like, what? <laughs> <He's> <laughs> not, <he> just, <laughs> I don't think he's told us that before. <laughs> no, he didn't tell... I think he got that under wraps for good reason. <laughs> but he just goes, in my defense, when I submitted the card, it was a two mana 1-1. One one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, wow. That is funny.
1: And it got moved to a hybrid Hybrid 1-2.
0: <laughs> did they make it a hybrid only because it was in Ravnica and that was like part of the set mechanics? Or do you think it would, they made it a hybrid because of its abilities, that it's not purely a green card? I, it's not I purely wish I, a black card.
1: Yeah, I wish I clarified this with Gavin. I'm willing to bet it was originally one black and one green. And then they shorted it to hybrid because they oh. wanted to make it more playable.
0: Gotcha. Okay, I see what you're saying. I was thinking like one in a black or one in a green, but oh, that, that's interesting. A black and green man. It's too bad. It like it's too bad that Magic doesn't give you the ability to uh, like retro, like uh you know, like uh, what's the word? Nerf. Uh, n- yeah, nerf cards basically like just change the mana cost. Yeah. I mean, cards. I guess
1: I guess Hearthstone does that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's
0: the nice yeah. thing about being a digital game versus being a, a paper game.
1: Get those patch notes. <laughs> Can you just imagine you log on to uh, the mothership one day and it's like, patch notes, Brainstorm now only draws two cards. <laughs> puts back one. Yeah, yeah you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, Although, yeah. if
2: if that card existed in modern, I think it would be pretty good. Yeah. I think
1: they should put that. Honestly. I think that says more to, I think that has more to say about uh, modern status of cantrips than anything else, though. Oh, man. It does, does it ever?
0: Oh, yeah. man. All I know is that if probe gets banned, I'm 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 loading up on glasses of Urza right now in case probe gets banned. Just so everybody <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what, what are you doing over there, bud? Let me see what you got going on over there. Oh I'm gonna boy. have four hey, of, I'm gonna have four of them in my blue red Delver deck to be great. Uh, I'm gonna activate them multiple times a turn.
1: <laughs> so Take a peek. not. Nothing to do with magic, but uh, Jordan and I had some uh, some midnight adventures in uh, in downtown Seattle after the GP. Oh, yeah, man. It was a good time. <laughs> Jordan. Jordan just kept telling us how dangerous of an era, area we were in and that we needed to watch out.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, that that, so that area is called Westlake. And like whenever, you know, the WTO riots in 19, 1999, they were like, there's just always been, I don't know. Like, that area is super bright for, like, pretty good reason, I suppose. And I'm like, I don't know. You guys are from the East Coast, so, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe it's more dangerous over there. But, you know, you know I'm like. <laughs>
1: Oh, so, so we were at one bar and that bar closed and we're like, well, we want to keep drinking. And the bartender's like, well, you can like go down by the water. And there's like, (laughs) there are bars down by the water still open. So like, all right, this sounds great. And we start like walking down the street and like some car comes and like cuts us off. and it's like me from boston jasper from new york uh like anthony a bunch of other people from like new england cities and everyone's like hey what come on I starts yelling at the car and jordan is just mortified <laughs> and we like we go into the bar and we sit down and he just goes guys we don't do that here <laughs>
2: don't yell in cars yeah. We, don't do, we don't honk at each other. We don't yell at cars.
1: <laughs> and then Jordan broke down for us how uh, the entire Northwest is passive-aggressive. Can, yeah. can you go over that, Jordan? <laughs> the, entire,
2: the entire Northwest is the most passive-aggressive area, I would, I would have to believe, in, in, in the continental United States. And it's just, that's the way we are, you know? It's like, try to be polite, try to be nice. And it, the one thing I will say is, if, if if a Northwesterner breaks and gets angry, that's that's scary. Better look out, you know. There's there's crazy crazy things are about to happen. But if somebody peels out, or if you know somebody like does something crazy, most of the time people just kind of like look and observe and they're like that's weird. That doesn't usually happen.
0: <laughs> so when when that
2: car peeled out in the middle, I think we were on third or something like that, and you guys were all yelling at the car. I'm like, guys. Don't yell!
0: Don't yell, man! Don't yell! Don't, don't don't get too excited. We're 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 called assholes for a reason, man.
1: Uh, what, what was that story about? Like the the Seahawks and the Super Bowl and the the security oh, camera.
2: Okay, this is great. And nobody, because you guys are from the East Coast, so you you know. And I've heard about the riots that occur, you know, if you win the Super Bowl, everybody goes crazy.
1: Philly coated their street poles in lard to keep people from climbing them.
2: (laughs) That's one of those, like, low-tech, like, low-tech responses. It didn't even work.
0: It
1: didn't even work. (laughs)
2: Yeah, they still managed to climb.
1: The tenacity is unbearable.
2: (laughs) Okay, so I'll tell you this story. This is a, it's like camera footage from this area called Capitol Hill in Seattle, which is like... It's great if you want to go out drinking for bars. The parties there are pretty cool. Um, It's a lot of fun. But there's, like, like, security camera footage when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. It shows, like, these, like, everybody is, like, lined up on the sidewalks, right? And it shows the security camera. And then there, like, you know how there's the hand that says you're not supposed to walk? Mm -hmm. It's, like, 3 in the morning. I I think, like, the the security camera says, like, it's early in the morning, right? And there's, like, it's lined with fans. And then... (laughs) The camera, the, like the little, the signal turns from like the hand to walk, and then all of these Seattleites just go and celebrate in the street. But they all waited. They all waited for it to change. You know, is the most that is the epitome of like a Seattle celebration. Like wow. it's because you, it,
0: you, Canada is rubbing off on you guys. That's the problem. We have it's a buffer. True. We have a buffer of Vermont and New Hampshire and Maine. You guys are like right up on next to Canada. It's the politeness.
2: I, I, I believe that that is, that is certainly true. <laughs> so, you know, we're starting to say sorry a lot
0: more. Uh, let me tell you. <laughs> so. Oh, man.
1: Jordan, anything uh, you wanted to go over we haven't talked about uh, before we wrap it up? Uh,
2: let's see here. No, I don't think so. We talked about the Grand Prix. You guys got the got the scoop on money matches <laughs> oh, I don't even know, like I'm part of a group like that's part of like a group of people and I'm kind of worried that like maybe I'm- <laughs> I don't know if people's can <laughs> about that or not we like, we, we like, can what?
1: we can we can bleep out the names. <laughs>
2: like, no, I don't think I, I, I tried to try to not say any names, but yeah. We can you know. always re-
0: we can remove the segment too. I, I don't mind. I know, I don't no, no, that was it was that was perfectly fine. That was. A good time, I'm sure. <laughs> I would love for people to tune in and watch
2: that because, you know, and from my understanding like it's it's totally okay if we do stuff like that. Um you know, I don't know if Particularly, say that we're like playing for money or something like that. But I, I don't mean because I think mean, that's going to be a Twitch policy thing, but it's, it'll be fine. Honestly, if they come, if they come for me, big deal. What are they,
0: they're gonna have to pry my whiteboarded Murpho deck for my cold dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. who oh, are right. you scooping in this week, Jerry?
1: Man, there are so many people. Like too many. I just want to scoop in everyone. I'm scooping the entire city of Seattle. Like not just the GP, just this is the Seattle, largest scoop in ever. Ooh, <laughs> the entire <that's> like millions, <laughs> man. That's city a crowded top F. eight. Well, I'm gonna feel bad because literally I should scoop in over a hundred people, and I'm gonna leave people off, and I'm gonna feel bad. But uh, just seeing everyone was an awesome time. I can't wait to get into it in more detail uh, next week. Cast with Wilson and James, um, but just like seeing everyone that I haven't seen in forever um was just awesome time and just meeting new people like i got to meet the uh you know nathan from eternal Dirtles, i got to see uh sam Ting again from kitchen table magic and just it was like everyone like meeting new people seeing the old people also the uh the booster pack game was so much fun pat we oh yeah kind of how staple. did that go oh that was
0: awesome did did people open really them in front it. of you or
1: yeah i had i i told everyone they had to open it in front was of me anything, or else was anything great <laughs> opened uh, no, no, nothing. But I mean, that just means the rest of the booster box full of the mythics. So nice. <laughs> yeah. We didn't open a single mythic. So, uh, I think, uh, next couple of events, the big events, we're going to, we're going to make this a uh, regular thing, do the scavenger hunt. Cause, uh, people say, people kept like coming up to me. Like I asked for grizzle brand at one point and someone like dragged me over to a vendor's booth. <laughs> <laughs> I see. It's like, there it is. See it. There it is. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, just, I want to scoop in Seattle I loved it, I can't wait to come back uh, I, I would definitely go to another GP there
0: Awesome, awesome um, How about you, Jordan? Who do you want to scoop into Top 8 this week? Well, I would like to scoop somebody in But they
2: already made Top 8
1: Oh, <laughs> oh man
2: Daniel <laughs> I have to say, what a t- tremendous job he did And a fantastic player And obviously we're proud to have him in our city uh, Grand Prix winner and at the uh, in the best format nonetheless, I'd like to scoop him into top eight as well as there's there's a few other people as well. Uh, Team Legends Tech, they had this awesome party. It was kind of like it's, it's they're like a, a kind of a subgroup of the Seattle Legacy scene, but they had this amazing party. I got to play a bet match there. I took a photo. I beat this guy. I took a hundred dollars of his. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So, <laughs> I got that photo. <laughs> yeah, shout out to that guy too, Russ Martin. Hashtag whoops. Anyways, um, yeah, I'll scoop. I'll scoop uh, TLT into this to this topic, and uh, and also uh, you guys. Uh, Aw,
1: thanks, man. Leave, leaving a legacy
2: for coming out and, and hanging out with us on on a, on a on a bunch of different occasions for having me on your podcast. This is amazing and a ton of fun, and I think the. Uh, you know, the, the world, you know, especially with the world of, of legacy communities, magic communities, it's getting smaller because, you know, the communities are getting closer and closer together. There's more an exchange of information and just mm-hmm. people are talking more about the format. And I think that as, as communities grow and kind of merge and meld into each other, we're going to just, it's going to be a, a good time for everybody
1: yeah it was awesome yeah that was uh some of the people i met uh which was awesome was just the facebook group chats like yeah all the various like the sneak like there was the sneak and show group meetup where i met a bunch of other, the other sneak and show players
0: uh <laughs> yeah, I, just, man. I don't want to make the joke i'm not gonna make the joke what I'll are you gonna
1: nice. what do you make the joke no <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was at the to... zoo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was at the zoo, Pat. Sick read, Sick read Jerry.
2: I was at the zoo next to all the apes. Oh, the ape oh.
1: I have this. I have the soul read on you, Pat. Oh, I couldn't help it. I,
0: I, don't, I, I truly don't believe in that kind of that kind of verbiage, but I couldn't help myself. Oh, soul read. I've heard it all before. I'm sure. I'm
1: sure. uh But like. Uh Bob Wong's the the Pirate Stompy chat. <laughs> the, <laughs> like all the guys are there, that's like that that chat is like like fifteen legacy players from across the country and we all met up at the GP <laughs> to Serious connive business. about <laughs> connive about the next Pirate Stompy deck. <laughs> oh my
2: shot and brigand guys. Yeah. <laughs> that price is gonna spike. You better look out. MTG stocks.
1: Oh boy. Uh, But yeah, so it's just it's just awesome meeting everyone out there.
0: Nice. That's great.
1: What about you, Pat? Scoops? I got
0: got no scoops this week.
1: Not even your new guitar?
0: Uh, Yeah, I'll scoop in Bob Wong for inspecting my guitar. (laughs) I think you have
1: to like explain (laughs) that joke, Pat. Like it just sounds weird.
0: Nope. Thank you, Bob Wong, for inspecting my guitar, making sure it's up to to standards. It it came in, uh, came in looking pretty nice. Had to adjust the tuning a tiny bit, but uh, for having, like, a Floyd Rose tremolo, it uh, it shipped well. So thanks, thanks, Bob, for packing it up real nice for me.
1: <laughs> you do know you have to tune it from time to time, Pat, like that's...
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm aware.
1: Uh, well, I'm very happy you uh, are happy with your not-dual-land purchase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Pat. Uh jokes. Uh
0: yeah. Uh, as always you can find us on uh let's see. Find Jerry at JME3RD on Twitter. You can find me at Pat Uglow on Twitter. Uh the stream is twitch.tv slash pat when we do stream. Uh you can find us on Facebook, uh Facebook.com slash group slash leaving a legacy MTG. Also you can email the show Deck Picks and Dick Picks Leaving a Legacy at historiesofthecoast.com. of the
1: Someone's gonna take you up on that one day, and I'm gonna
0: be real Something. mad. It's gonna be me. I'm gonna send it to myself. It's probably gonna be Cyrus. I
1: uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I did I did get to meet uh, our intern, the leaving a legacy intern, Cyrus, out in uh, uh, Seattle. It was actually funny. He came up and started talking to me, and I'd never met Cyrus before, so it took me about about like I'm gonna I would say this, a, man. Uh, yeah, it. Yeah, it's gonna be a solid like five minutes into the conversation before I realized
0: who he was. Oh. <laughs> Don't yes. you know he's the he's the CFB 4K winner, <laughs> Irish Gug Jill? Come on.
1: I I just want to tell everyone that if I ever forget any of your names, I'm so sorry. I have the worst memory in the world, it, and I I can't do it. I'll just smile and nod along and hope someone else says your <laughs> name for me.
2: I do that exact same thing, Jill.
1: So <laughs> you know,
2: and if we end up doing that to each other, no hard feelings <laughs> no hard. To to to
1: Maybe just does. uh that's like an snl skit like two people just like <laughs> smiling nodding at each other waiting for someone else to say the other's name oh fantastic <laughs> oh boy uh i got a dice pat all right roll it oh boy natural one.
0: Oh, nice brad roosh <laughs> this one's like all right it's like a nice dad joke what do we want low flying plane noises when do we want them <laughs> that was passable. That
1: was all right. uh, that's a good one give me another one pat what's number two
0: uh uh i don't like see i don't like this one brian michael why did the console gamer cross the road to render the buildings on the other side that's not funny to me
1: that's a meme that that feel i feel like that should be on like a meme i
0: just deleted it yeah, Give me another
1: like that, one, Pat. Pat, bad. I want you to pick your favorite one.
0: Oh, that means I have to... No, I can't do that because I have to read through all the jokes. I pick, like your favorite one,
1: pick your favorite one that you can see right now.
0: <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> I can't find one. <laughs> oh, man. These are all bad. We have very unfunny people <laughs> in our group. Give it to me, Pat these are bad jerry have you seen the clown that hides from stupid people no <laughs> that was good that was well, my friend tom Smiley. Uh... <laughs>
1: oh i want to see a clown
2: <laughs> oh man
0: all right
1: uh, all right pat play us out with something sweet nope that's not Sp- it
0: anymore thank you guys for hanging out we'll catch you all next week
1: You can take my life, but you can never take my catchphrase.